Welcome to the Leadership Roundtable, a podcast with Dr. Conway Edwards, where we get together every so often when we really talk about, with leaders from across the globe, how we can help you expand your leadership capacity um, and help you grow as a leader. And we want to welcome you and let you know that we're so grateful that you're watching. And um, we want to encourage you to go to our webpage where you can download show notes and outlines and even learn more about our different guests. Our webpage is visit1cc.com slash leadership roundtable. Since you're here today, we want to introduce you to our guest. Um, we're really excited today. His name is Ryan Leak. He is a pastor, a, a, a speaking, a preaching pastor, um, a corporate trainer, um, husband, dad, All basketball that, player, yeah. Yeah. Um, get <laughs> engaged and get married. <laughs> Very cool. How you doing, Ryan? Man, I'm doing fantastic. Man. I'm better now that I get to be with great friends like you. Man, we're always glad to have you here. Yeah. Um, it, even the, it's a it's a real long trip. I know. <laughs> I know. For you to get to one community <laughs> church. I know. Somebody said, "Hey, did you fly in today?" I said, uh, "I mean, I was driving somewhat fast, but it took me about a minute and twenty <laughs> seconds to get here from my house." That's not right. So, so yeah. That's a whole other thing. I find the closer you live to somewhere, the harder it is to be on time. Oh yeah, because you take it for granted. You know, you're like, ah, oh, you know, I need to be there at five fifteen. I'll leave it like. Five. 513 and then you look down and it's 515 you're like Whoops. i got this so here we are i got this well um ryan has a new book out you've got a new book out called chasing failure that's right and to the leaders listening today <laughs> yeah um this sounds like an interesting concept that sure. we should chase failure sure, sure, so sure. um could you just help unpack and can we talk about what failure looks like in the yeah. life of a leader yeah i i think that what i've learned about leadership is that so many leaders are just afraid to take risk mm. they're afraid to uh, try something new. Sometimes what can happen for a leader or anybody is you can fall in love with the familiar. Mm. You can fall in love with how things have always been done, but then the future requires us to change. And yeah. people don't like the feeling of failure. They don't like being rejected. What if people don't like it? What if people don't think it's cool? Or what if people don't buy the book? And what if people don't uh, get the course? And what if what if the people that I'm leading don't buy into the vision? There are mm -hmm. so many what ifs. Uh, this book is designed to come alongside a leader and say, well, I like your what ifs, but what if it goes well? Mm -hmm. What if it goes amazing? What if you change somebody's life? Uh, I always love to, to share the story of uh, the unknown. I don't even know his name, but there where Billy Graham gave his life to the Lord was in a wow. small church. Mm -hmm. And that guy isn't famous. He's just, just doing his job. And so it's like, uh, you don't do any of this stuff to be famous. Right. You do it to be obedient to what God has called you to do, and you just never know who's listening, who's watching, and who could be impacted by your life. And so, uh, so this book is designed to give people a different spin on failure. In fact, I want people to make failure their friend. Okay. I want you to become <laughs> friends with failure because I have learned way more from failure than I have from any success I've ever had in my life. And so we're trying to fail every day. <laughs> Because you're gonna get a new lesson, and yes. here's what I and 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 so when you think about chasing success, that line's very long. It's a very long line, and it's very competitive. There's the, the chasing failure line is very short, and I started it, so I'm like, <laughs> the I'm the, I'm at the front of that line, and I just realized that it's gonna differentiate you from any other leader because every single day I'm willing to fail things that most people are afraid to try. Yeah, and so whether that's technology whether that's taking a chance on a person, mm -hmm. whether that's uh, taking a risk on something that we're writing. I mean, there's so, there's so many different avenues that you can take some different risks, but we, 
we're trying to encourage leaders every single day to step outside their comfort zone a little bit. That's good. So, and failure is going to happen whether we chase it or not, right? 100%. It's not if, it's when. Uh-huh. And it's about what you're going to do when it happens. And, and uh, leader listening, if you're listening, just think about um, how you've, what you've learned out of the biggest failures in our life. Sometimes, um, I think, Ryan, um, some of the greatest lessons are when we were most out of control of the situation. Yeah. And we, we normally like to be in control. Yeah. Um, it's when God's actually letting something happen to us. Sure. And <laughs> yeah. it's just crazy to me that when we're less in control yeah. and when God's more in control, and a lot of times when it hurts the most, we learn the most. 100%. But it's, we run from it. Yeah, we, we have this interesting uh, relationship with failure where we, we often run from those things because wired in us is this thing of how is this going to make me look? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just like to say to most people, I don't think as many people are looking as you think. <laughs> I hate to break it to you, <laughs> but you're not nearly as important as you think you are. In like, our minds we are. Like you think the whole world, like you think you're a reality TV show because you posted something on your story. You're like, dude. A hundred people, like, it's not that many people in the grand scheme of, of the whole world. I, I say often, you know, when an NFL quarterback has to compete in front of millions of people and they throw an interception, they do that in front of millions of people. If uh, somebody misses a game winner in the NBA, they do that in front of millions of people. Shouldn't we be willing to take a few risks in front of our 10 <laughs> colleagues <laughs> and five friends? You know, like, like right. we're so afraid. I'm like, what do you think is going to actually happen? But we have this fear, like, not of just failure. We have this fear of people thinking less of us. Mm-hmm. And I actually think that's good for us. Mm-hmm. I, I want you to think less of me. I, I think that I, if you put me on a pedestal, mm-hmm. you already have an idea about me that is automatically not reality. And so I just got okay with people thinking less of me. You mean you didn't know that? You didn't know what that meant? You never read that book? You didn't know who that person was? No, I didn't. And what history will show you is, is the people that were willing to look stupid mm-hmm. often look pretty awesome. Wow. Uh, for the leader, oh gosh, for the leader who, because leaders get put up on pedestals, either by themselves oh, yeah. or by others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you find yourself on a pedestal, then what do you do? Get off. <laughs> get off. Get off. I mean, I, I, and this happens in church more than ever. Yes. Um, the idolization mm-hmm. of uh, pastors is at an all-time high. I believe that was all my heart. I don't know if that's the sheep's fault or the shepherd's fault. Right. I, don't, I don't need to place blame, but I do know my responsibility when I get on a stage is to subtly step off the stage and really reveal your average. Uh, when I did the marriage conference, you know, and I wasn't trying to disrespect the couple that spoke before me, but they said they pray every night. I got up and I said, we pray sometimes. You know, <laughs> right. immediately you go, oh, okay, like this you isn't, do. like there's a relatability there. And it's like, I, dude, I do that stuff all the time. I just, I talk about my failures. Mm-hmm. And it's it's more relatable, but it's like, it's, it's so much more human. Mm-hmm. And I, I think people need that. To, to like, hey, we got to normalize some regular 
hey, I'm a, I'm a regular guy. Like, people are shocked to see me at the gym sometimes. They're like, I can't believe you work out here. What do you? What was I supposed to do? <laughs> you think there's a VIP gym somewhere that me and Conway have an underground bunker with weights? Like, what are you? Like, no, I'm going to the gym. You know, it's like, man, it's just you're just right here. You're just like in the flesh. I'm just like, like the, these cameras can do something that um, that I think are unnecessary. Let me tell you the best advice I ever got, ever, uh-huh. all time best advice. Rick Warren. I sat with Rick Warren for three hours. We just talking, chatting back and forth. Gosh. And he says something to me that absolutely changed my life. I said, Rick, tell me what you see. I'm just curious. Like, well, tell me what you see. And he said, um, I said, I'm, you know, I'm traveling. I'm doing this thing. I got this business. I got this ministry. You know, here's all this stuff. He said, I'm not concerned about your career. He said, a guy like you, he goes, he goes, you got enough in the tank. He goes, honestly, you can do whatever you want. And he goes, and it's, it's going to be good just because of just network and just skill set and just you're smart. He goes, that's gonna, he goes, your career will probably take care of itself. Mm-hmm. He said, your family will not take care of itself. Oh. And then he said, my biggest fear, not for you, but my biggest fear for guys like you, is you get flown around the world and you get treated so well everywhere. Right. You get a red carpet everywhere you go. That's not good for your soul. He said, you get a lot of this. And he, he said, uh, we were not made to be worshipped. Only God was made to be worshipped. And he said, so my advice to guys like you and to you is, he said, when you go home, make sure you mow your own lawn. When you <laughs> yeah, go home, mop your own floor, change, change the diapers. He said, you need something in your life to normalize you mm-hmm. because your wife and kids cannot compete with one community church. Yeah. Your wife and kids cannot compete with the lights, the cameras, the action, the applause, the adoration, because what do you expect them to do? Every time you come home, they have a sign, welcome home, dad, you're amazing. Like, what are you going to do? It's like, it's, it's impossible. And so um, we have turf in our backyard, so I can't mow my law, but... My mop game is next level. <laughs> there we go. Okay, mop. Like, if y'all saw my mop, you'd be like, where do they even sell these? It's got an LED screen. It's like, but when I get home, my kids, my like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm coming back home. Because you can't, the, the, the pedal still, it, it's not good for your soul. And if you don't come off it, Oftentimes things can happen in life where it will kick you off it, and I just I would rather step off it, and you just have to do it privately. And people are gonna think highly of you. That's great. Hey, it's nice to meet yeah. you. And you meet them there. You're not gonna be a jerk, but yeah. but I think it's important that uh, you have something in your life yeah. that reminds you that you got dirty draws. <laughs> you it just you just hit me because I've got I've got a I've got a pretty sick dishwashing game. You know what I mean. Um, <laughs> After we had been married about four years, yeah, I came home one day from church, yeah. sat on the couch, yeah, went to watching TV. My yeah. wife's cooking, washing, and she said, um, "Hey, we need to talk." Mm. And uh, she said, "Look at here now, um, this is not how this is going to work. We we need to have some normalcy here." Yeah, and and it was differences in our families and how we grew up. Sure, I had grew up one way where I saw my mom do everything. Yeah, she grew up, and it was not that way. It was shared. 
Yeah. And she let me know. She was like, we need, but, but what that did is it normalized something for me. There's something yeah. Fridays folding clothes. Yeah. And, and, uh, most mornings doing dishes. Yeah. I had one community church, um, <laughs> a couple times a year, at least once, sometimes twice a year, Pastor Conway will make sure everybody wears work clothes, mm. all the pastors, all the staff, and um, we'll get a few pickup trucks. Yeah. And instead of hiring someone to put mulch all over our campus, we do it. Yeah. And it is torture. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds kind of fun, actually. <laughs> it's cool, but once you get um, up to how old I am, yeah, I get um, that. I the get back that. starts hurting. I get but, it. Um, I get but it. man, it's normalizing. It's he wants to because he grew up in Jamaica. He's always trying to normalize. It's it's what you're talking about. Make yeah. sure we know we're not too good to do anything. Yeah. And there's a leadership axiom from a book we used to read here, and one of the axioms was, "Admit your mistakes and your stock goes up." Mm-hmm. And that's what you're reminding me. Oh, 100, man. And that stage. I love when you said, "As soon as you get off the stage, you need to get up," because something in the stage. When you use a good illustration, a good analogy, and people go, oh, it does something inside of you. It's, it's like, called dopamine. That's what it's called. <laughs> it's <laughs> yes. chemical. Yeah. And it's oh, like, yeah. yes, I just nailed it. Yeah. And that's not good for us. It's not good for you. <laughs> it's not, yeah. Tell us a little bit more about um, how we process failure and how yeah. we don't run for it and how we can, for the leaders here, how they can practically work through this. Yeah, you know, I... I I call it chasing failure, not chasing foolishness. Uh, some people are like, you know, do I mortgage my whole, do I get a second mortgage to start this business? No. You should make sure that the business plan is really, really solid and actually worth doing that. Like, don't yeah. be don't be dumb, um, but do your homework. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the chapters in the book is called Never Give Up-ish. Uh, Never Give Up-ish is like, you know, any speaker, you know, worth, its, worth their salt has at some point said, never give up, which is okay advice but the larger the group the worse that that could get Mm -hmm. i think we all know somebody that needs to give up yeah they're they're knocking on a door that they're not supposed to be knocking on Mm -hmm. and so we created a framework in the book around how should you know if you should keep going or not when you should give up and when you when you shouldn't part of that is uh, one are you passionate about it because it's something that you truly love. Uh, two, are you are you good at it? Right. And is that verified by other people? <laughs> Keyword: other people. Do, do, are, you know, are other people asking you to do this yeah. often that aren't related to you? Are strangers going? You should do this when you should write a book. Uh, I had a friend that said, "Man, I'm going to start a youth conference." Why? Right. Like, is someone asking you to start a youth conference? Uh, and they didn't have a very large youth ministry, so yeah. it's like it wasn't. It, it, it's got it's got to make sense. Are other people uh, asking you uh, to do that? So has that been verified by others? Uh, the other thing I, I think is is very important is: Do you feel like God put you on the planet to do it? Can you feel the wind of God behind you when you when you mm-hmm. when you start typing? When when you start consulting? When you start coaching? When you start investing in to young leaders? All of those things are. I think can help a person decipher, all right, is this something that I'm I'm supposed to do? I know a lot of people who are skilled but not passionate. Right. I know a lot of people that are passionate but not skilled. That's, that's cool. I know some people that are very passionate and skilled, but it's not a God thing. Mm-hmm. 
it's a them thing trying to to make something happen and so so i i think the, that that can help people kind of decipher like is this something i should should i fall down should i keep getting back up mm-hmm. and you feel like god's behind you you feel like this is something that you feel like going to add value to a lot of people and you feel like you're actually good at it then maybe you should keep going mm-hmm. so that, those are those are a few tools that that are that are in the book that i think can help people um, and I think just processing failure, uh, the way I see it, if you have learned from that failure, you didn't fail. That's good. And and the beauty of that is this, is I can take a five-year-old failure that has been beating you up, and I can actually build you up and go, but what did, you, what did we learn? And then all of a sudden, uh, you may have had a, a multi-million dollar lesson. And, and we're, we're going to talk about that today, but there's uh, there's levels to failures. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can you can fail at a hundred dollars, <laughs> or you can have a ten thousand dollar failure. You, you, you know, it's like it, it just. But you you want to fail as early as you can, as mm-hmm. cheap as you can, is what I often That's tell good. people. What does it look like? Um, what does it look like to have trusted people around you? Who do you go to because this? This hasn't been verified by others. Are others asking? What What does that community or circle look like if somebody doesn't have a circle? What What? How are we trying to build that circle to really know what the real deal is? Yeah, you know that that, that can be tough. Yeah, you know because we all know somebody that thinks they're good at something that they're not good at, and we just kind of like let them think that. Like we don't feel like it's our job to to be the talent police and be like, actually, you're not good at that. Uh, I but I think. Part of that is just having a high level of self-awareness mm-hmm. uh, and really paying attention to what has already been said. What, what are uh, so? I have a friend, phenomenal communicator, phenomenal. Wants to be a rapper. <laughs> I'm like, speak. Like you're so. Yeah. Like, think about the, the, the people who have invited you to speak in the stages you've been invited to speak on. That is a verification of that. How many of those stages have asked you to come rap? <laughs> it's like you got to. Right. So part of that. But again, I can't give you passion. Mm-hmm. I, I, can't, I can't verify passion. I can't, we can verify skill. I think it's about being uh, open to feedback to the people around you and truly being, truly being self-aware. Um, and, and I think to be self-aware, you have to have to invite others in, which is the, the irony right. of it. Some people think self-awareness is just being really good at looking in the mirror. I think self-awareness is being really good at having a conversation to say, hey, did I miss the mark on this? And where, where could I have gone wrong? Uh, the first time I, I spoke here at One Community, uh, Saturday night service, um, I thought it went okay. Mm-hmm. I talked to Conway after. He goes, man, you blessed my church, man. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah. I go, but, man, what? Is there anything I could do different to be better for tomorrow? He goes, yeah. Yeah, he goes, the intro was a little long. And mm-hmm. I went, it was long. Wow. It was very long. Because I was like, am I introducing myself to the church more? So do I need to tell a few more? So, but it was like, man, I, I, but I got better in a day. Mm-hmm. Does that make So it's not like I came in going, man, I'm the speaker. And I'm going to just do my thing. And right. it's just, it's a, in every service. I'm always tweaking right. for the next to, to get better. So I think it's a – but I wouldn't have made that adjustment if I hadn't talked to Conway. Right. Does that make sense? I probably would have just kept it the same. 
but I think that consistency of uh, I when I coach leaders, I say you want to create a feedback culture mm-hmm. of yourself where you're constantly asking for feedback and how you can serve the yeah. next leader better. So uh, a lot of leaders make the mistake of leaning on uh, yearly reviews. Mm-hmm. And I go, you know, there's another 364 days in the year where you had an opportunity to get feedback. So we dealt with your attitude for six months because we, we had to wait for a yearly yeah. review to do. It's like you don't have to wait for a yearly review. You don't have to wait for a survey to be able to take somebody to lunch and go, hey, man, what's it like to be on the other side of my leadership That's and good. to be able to to learn that? And so uh, but, yeah, we know we know plenty of leaders that think they're great leaders. Mm-hmm. You have a title. But quietly. Your team is yeah. floating resumes to other organizations, and then, and then all of a sudden, God moved them yeah, to the God nation. Did it. Yeah, God did it. Well, they would have stayed if they had a good leader. Ah, I love how you you have to invite the opportunity for the feedback. Have to. Our leader here, Pastor Conway, does that regularly. He yeah. always asks for feedback, and yeah. and even as people giving feedback, sometimes yeah. it's awkward when your leader says, "How is." You know, how'd that go? And yeah. there's certain people in the room that just always want to say, good, it was awesome, it was yeah. awesome. And even being good at giving feedback yeah. is a lesson. But oh, I, yeah. I love how you shared that and just the the tweaks every opportunity you get. And so I guess sometimes the best thing for a leader to do is just ask the team, how am I doing? Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be difficult, yeah. uh, only because honesty is very difficult to give up because mm-hmm. you got something to lose. Right. Uh, your perception of me may change. You may not intentionally punish me for my candor, right? But you might subconsciously punish me mm-hmm. for my candor. Oh yeah. And it's it's difficult. Is it me? Is it you? How much of mm-hmm. have you given me the tools that I need to do my job? Am I expecting something from you that really I could I could have been going to get myself? I'm wi- I'm hoping that you develop me. But I actually have the tools to develop myself. Oh yeah. Like, you need someone to open the podcast app for you. Like, it's like there there are things that you can be doing. So is it on me? Is it on you? So I could say you're not developing me, and then yeah. they could reply you're not developing you. Yeah. And so it's like is so there is a there is a tug of war that can happen there. So I think what leaders have to do really well is to say, hey, I'm wide open to feedback, not just today, always, mm-hmm. and I won't make you pay for your candor. And I will take notes um, because I think that's the most respectful posture you can give another person that's talking. Yeah. And it doesn't make you right. It makes you human and it makes me say I value what you have to say enough mm-hmm. to, to write it down. So I think when you do that, you really can create a really great uh, feedback culture for yourself and you're going to fail less. Because imagine if I, if I wouldn't have talked to Conway, yeah. I would have missed four times. Right. Miss is a strong, but but I, mm-hmm. but because I could tighten things up, everybody got a better experience. That's right. So you minimize your uh, margin for failure the more you invite feedback in. Really so uh, in the book, I break down the budgets of some of the top 100 companies in the world and how much they spend on R&D. Billions. Billions. Every year of them just trying stuff amazon trying stuff i even break down a bunch of amazon's failures that led to some of their best ideas and so then i just turn it back to the reader and say they spend billions 
I don't think you're gonna spend billions, but will you spend hundreds this year, mm-hmm. stretching yourself, getting outside the box, trying some things? Um, maybe you will, maybe you won't. I will, and I will be better a year from now right. than I am today because I tried some stuff that right. didn't work, but now I know what does work mm-hmm. because I was willing to try some stuff. Come on. Yeah. Leaders, are you willing to try some stuff? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the challenge right now is yeah. um, chasing failure, learning, not running from it, but going at it. Um, yeah. And just want to thank you for sharing with us today. Yeah, man, it's an honor to be here. It is a challenge for us leaders, and that expands our capacity to run into the storm instead of away from the storm. That's a whole nother <laughs> convo, but um, running into it. And um, Ryan, we thank you. Um, Absolutely. Uh, it's a great time to talk about how we can grow in the ways that we don't think we normally would. Sure. So, That's thank awesome. you, man. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Uh, if if you've had a great time, go download the listening guide, the, no, the show notes, if I can get that out today, the show notes that we have. Visit 1cc.com slash leadership roundtable. Um, you can go search Ryan Leak. We'll have a link in our show notes where you can learn more about him and follow what he's doing. I want to encourage you to check out his book, Chasing Failure. And we just want to let you know that we're grateful that you joined us here today. If you could leave us a review or share this, if this has been a blessing, that would help us get the word out at the Leadership Roundtable. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. My pleasure. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you again next month. God bless. Thank you so much for joining the podcast today. It has been an honor to have you here with us. Now, just want to remind you that all of the resources we talked about today are available online at visit1cc.com slash leadership roundtable. Now, if this has been helpful, leave us a review, go out there and hit subscribe, and more importantly, share this with your team so that everybody can grow. We can't wait to see you next time.